Today I want to talk about praying and fasting and the, and the way that that goes together. But I'm, I'm totally, totally aware that so many of us, one, we've not fasted for some time. Many of you have probably never fasted in relation to God and prayer. We're not talking diet, yeah? Some of you may have health issues, etc. So I've got a whole bunch of stuff out there to help us because if it's starting on Wednesday, May the, uh, March the 6th, it's a week and a half away, I've got a sheet that just talks about the type of fasts. Okay, There's a full fast. Um, and again, I'll talk about it as I, as I preach in a moment. But you may want to give up all food. You may want to do a Daniel fast, which is like a vegetarian type thing. You may want to do a three-day fast. If you're younger or if you have health issues, you may just want to fast a particular meal or day or something. You, know, you may be an avid book reader and you read every day. You may want to fast the reading of your books so you can spend the time in prayer. You know, if you're a young person and you're Xboxing or PlayStationing and etc., you may want to give up some of that time to spend in prayer. The whole idea is to give up something physically and then push into the spiritual side. So that'll cover some of the fasts. So you can have a look at. I've got a, another sheet that says how to begin, things you should know, how to prepare, etc., etc. It even explains to you when you're finishing your fast what not to do after a 21-day fast. Don't go and eat at the Ballarat hamburger cart. It actually doesn't end well at about 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, yes, there's some experience there. I still say it was the jam donut after the, after the tradie burger. But it, 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 was an insati- it was a beautiful way to break the fast. It just didn't last very long. Then it became a very painful way to break the fast. So some fasting basics, some quick tips, how to prepare spiritually, etc. It's all out there. Even a Bible reading plan to make it easy for 21 days. Anything that we can give you to make it easy. Because what we want is for the whole church as much as possible to be on board in some way or some fashion. Because there's some stuff we just have to break. Yeah, I know that so many of us are carrying different things in our lives and it seems to be what's on the house we are a house that is a refuge that through his love and by his love brings restoration to people's lives so often there's some stuff that just has to break i know over the church at the moment our finances it's not to do with the offering our finances are tight that's just the life of church you don't run a church to make profit you run a church because you want family together and you want to be able to i guess extend the invitation for people to discover the love of jesus when there's no money there, it makes it really hard. Yeah, It makes it exceptionally hard. And I'm just a little bit over juggling finance. I, you know, I don't know about any of you. you. Some of you may know, some of you might not know. We, we play our cards pretty close until it gets to the AGM and we, you see what we've lost and what we've made. You know? I think over, the year, over this year, we've probably lost about $7,000 as a church. I'm okay with that because we step out in faith and we do outreach like the dance classes, etc., which cost us money. I'm okay living in faith. I've got, we have to give God some room to move. But I'm over juggling finances. I want breakthrough. Then it's going to be one of the areas that I'm going to be fasting and praying about moving forward. Yeah. So I don't know what it is for you. I've got some stuff that I've put on social media and I'll, I should print out another sheet. I'll have it there next week. Some of the things that you can look at that I'll talk about in a moment while we're going through the fast. Things that you could be prayerful about when it comes to our church. Is that okay? Wow, all of that to say, that was not my intro. No, I'm mindful of time because we have our children with us. So, 
All right, 21 days, March the 6th. Now, the first thing I want to say is with any fasting, it's not a diet, right? If you're not going to pray in your time of fasting, don't fast. It's worthless, seriously. It doesn't count for anything. It's prayer and fasting that go together, or fasting and prayer. If you're going to fast, whether it be a meal, a whole day, types of food, if you're going to do those things, then make a conscious effort to spend time in prayer. That's why you're doing it, okay? So some of the things that you can pray for, if this is a year of seeing, I'm going to jump into this. I should probably pray first and then we'll keep moving. So as I slow down to second gear and get out of fourth, uh, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity of pressing into you. Lord, we know that fasting isn't always easy. Prayer isn't always easy. But Lord, we're just believing for a season of breakthrough, a season of victory, a season of Lord, you being glorified, a season of testimony, a season of messages where you've done a work, where you've taken tests and created something beautiful, where you've walked with us through our messes and made something wonderful. Father, where we've hit a wall and you've broken it down. Lord, we're believing today as we move together, Lord, forward and fast together and pray together that you're going to do something so miraculous across the board in each of our lives, Lord, that we'll have testimonies that will take us to the end of the year just to share. So, Lord, have your way in Jesus' name. Everybody said? All right, so if this is the year of seeing, why don't, well, if we're going to move into a fast, why don't we pray for revelation? Why don't we pray that he gives us and reveals something brand new to us? Why don't we pray that we actually start to see things different? So if you're normally a glass half full person on your own, what about you become a a glass full person because now you see the way he sees? If you're a person that leans on the side of negativity, yeah, and some of us can live there, we all live there in moments, some are more prone than others, how about God gives us his sight so we can see the way that he sees, amen? Why don't we pray that as we see that we'll now go deeper and we'll search harder some of the glories of God because the reality is that he's much bigger than what any of us will ever imagine and or experience and or encounter. If he has no beginning and he has no end and we are finite, it's an impossibility that we will ever understand all of him. So let's go deeper. Let's search more. Let's inquire more. Let's spend more time with him and let's allow him to show us those things, yeah? Let's break some of the blockages that have kept us living with God in our box, yeah? And each one of us has a different, different box. Let's pray that he breaks those walls of our boxes so we can see more. And let's, let's believe and pray together that we'll see God break loose and break free, but not just in our house, but in people's lives personally and out in the community. You know, like seriously, Ballarat, 100,000 people, 3,000, I'll exaggerate, 4,000 people in church. It's really miserable. <laughs> like it's not, it's not very good, is it? Wow, Christian town of Ballarat. Yeah, what about if there was 40,000 out of the 100,000? Or 55,000 out of the 100,000. There's there's 68 to 70 registered churches. There's enough churches to cater for the influx of Christianity and Christians and believers. Let's believe for that. Let's ask God to, to do something in that. Let's pray for our finances. Even personally, if you're having struggles in your own finances and you're, you're juggling stuff, ask God for a breakthrough. Maybe he can give you wisdom and show you how to work with your own finances. If you're someone that doesn't believe in tithing in the church, we as a church believe in tithing. Totally believe in tithing, yeah? 
Old Testament, tithing. God says, actually, you should give to the priesthood, you should put away money for your savings, and you should give to the poor. Very easy. It's his plan. You do that, trust me, actually, your finances will come out really well. Jump to the New Testament. He actually says, give everything. Jesus himself, though, actually affirms tithing twice in the New Testament. So my point is, if you're not someone that tithes because money's tight, pray about it. During your time of prayer and fasting, pray about it. And then allow God to speak into it. Because then if you don't want to take it on board, at least you know it was God's voice that was telling you and not mine. Yeah? And you can take it up with him later. But pray about it. If you are someone who tithes in the house, what, during your time of prayer and fasting, why don't you ask him about offering? Why don't you press there and see what he says about that to go over and above the standard and move into the New Testament side of things and see what he says there. I know for Mel and I, we, we give over our 10%. I know for Mel and I, we give off our gross amount. You know, I don't teach that. We don't teach that in our, you know, the Jesus that we know series, our foundation series. But if anybody was to ask, we tithe, we tithe off, off our gross and we more than 10% because we believe in the house. That's what, it's what we've learned. And the deeper you go into God, the more he stretches you in every area. So while you're praying and while you're fasting, ask him about those things. It's got nothing to do with your salvation. You're saved. Your eternity is assured. But there's parts of God that you'll never experience if you don't step out in faith. You don't have to pray out loud. You don't have to. You're saved. Your eternity, you're going home to heaven. But when you pray out loud, there's a blessing that comes with it for those around you and he does something inside you. You don't have to. I don't want to pray it loud. I'm, I'm shy. I get embarrassed. Okay, that's fine. Don't, don't. But you're missing out the blessing. Yeah? That's the way it works. Yeah? Don't want to give? Don't give. But the blessing that comes with giving, learning the generous heart of God, you're missing out on that because of your choice. Pray about it when you're fasting. Pray about unity. There would be continued unity in the churches right across from every denomination. We've got a, a beautiful minister's association at the moment. There's some real camaraderie and friendship as we're sharing. We're really learning to be quite vulnerable with each other. But I think we can still go to another level. And even in the church, because what does the Bible say in the Psalms? It says where there's unity, God commands the blessing. So let him command a blessing. Imagine God commanding something. It has to happen. We sing about his promises that are forever faithful. And now if he's commanding something, I wouldn't mind God commanding a blessing over my life or our church, yeah? That wouldn't be too bad. And I, I love the fact that it was in our announcements. But even for the church, as you're praying and fasting, ask about service. Ask where can I, I, I even, I hate the word volunteering. Ask where you can partner in the house. Yeah. You just ask those things, pray about them. See, see what he says, see where he wants you to partner. Because as a family, we partner together. At our Christmas get-togethers, often Mel and I are, are, are wonderfully given the partnering job of bringing dessert. Yeah? Um, everyone has a role. My mum will make her seafood salad and her lasagna and all that sort of stuff and my auntie something else, but partner together in that, okay? And, but ultimately, you want a breakthrough. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, breakthrough. Whatever your, your roadblock is, breakthrough. If you're not hearing from God, breakthrough there. You know, if you're struggling with your spouse, breakthrough there. If you're struggling at work, breakthrough there. If you're struggling at school, breakthrough there. Breakthrough, 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 yeah? Breakthrough, pray for that. So with all those things said, fasting and prayer have to go hand in hand. And we really shouldn't do one without the other. Because no matter the fast, the length of the fast, or the reason from the fast, from the very beginning of the fast, 
to the end of the fast, pray, yeah? Pray, pray. It's important that you pray. I've heard it put this way, that fasting is a spiritual practice and prayer is the language of the Spirit. So when we fast, we're actually empowering yeah, our prayer life. Yeah. Andrew Murray says this. He says, prayer needs fasting for its full growth. Prayer is the one hand with which we grasp the invisible. Fasting is the other hand, the one which we, which we let go of the visible. Yeah? So it's important that we fast. And, and Mel and I really, the Lord brought to our attention years ago about fasting. And so we've, we really have been fasting. Even though we've not fasted or run a corporate fast here in the church, Mel's forever fasting, like fasting. Something will come up with the boys, life, and she'll be like, this week I'm going to fast these three days. Or this week I'm going to fast this day. She, she is forever fasting. She, does, does, she is so disciplined. She does that far better than I do. But we just learned years ago that there's something powerful when we actually stop to fast and then to pray into the things that we need to see breakthrough in. Amen? Because fasting, I've said, I've said before, it's not a diet. It's a sacrifice of praise to God. That's what fasting is, particularly when we pray. Because fasting will break strongholds and it draws you and I closer to God. It helps bring the breakthrough that we're believing for. Second Chronicles, because I should use some scripture. Second Chronicles 7.14. Sorry, love, can I have my water? That'll do. Oh, no, that's cold. That's from the fridge. I can't do that. Oh, no, no. Mel loves things really cold, icy cold. Her food has to be microwaved hot, so it's burning and burnt and dead. And her drinks have to be icy cold that chill your teeth. I like my food warm to hot, and water's perfect out of the tap or just the room temperature, isn't it? Like, I don't, the only thing that needs to be cold is Coke, I think. And for those that drink beer, probably beer, but I shouldn't say that because I'm in church. Second Chronicles 7, 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. It breaks strongholds. When you fast and determine to pray, you've now made a decision. Yeah, You're humbling yourself in your fast but you're deciding to pray and it breaks strongholds. And the truth is, for many of us, and really it doesn't matter how long we've been Christians for, you're expected to fast. Like you're expected to fast in your Christianity, somewhere in your life. Matthew 6, verses 16 to 18 says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is in heaven. And your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Jesus says to his disciples, when you fast. When, not if. Yeah? Are you getting this? If you don't like it, that's okay. Rip the page out. There's hundreds of others. Yeah? But it says when you fast. Fasting's expected. It's a sacrifice of praise that brings glory to God. And it's one area, truth be told, me included, the last couple of years that many Christians we neglect. Yeah? Because it's a discipline. It's a discipline. And we live in an age of grace where he's done everything for us and he has. All we have to do is say yes and amen. And we step from being sinners who are being saved by grace into the land of being sons and daughters, seated in heavenly places. And now we're living in this space. We don't have to do anything. 
But he tells us that when there's obstacles in the way, when you fast, when you fast, even as a son and daughter seated with him in heavenly places, when you fast. So I want to suggest that if you think about it for a moment like this, and we're all to be honest, the Holy Spirit over your Christendom, yeah, over your life, has probably brought to your attention some way, somehow, a thought, a picture, a dream, something that you've just had this urge to pray for. Yeah? Because the Holy Spirit can do that. He just reveals things to us that he's saying to us, you need to pray about this. And if it's a real, really strong stronghold, a really difficult wall to break through, then it, he's saying, pray and fast. Fast, fast and pray through this. You know, that, and that's the, what we need as individuals to bring to him when we're praying and fasting. We've got things that we're praying for corporately, but during a time of fasting, bring about the stuff that you're struggling with in your own life. We had Mike Skews here um, just last week talking about self-care. And really, at the end of the day, there's always things that we get, we're going through, yeah? And sometimes we need people like Mike and others to help us. Because as I've been saying, Jesus is the beginning and end of our life and everything in between. But in between, we have physios and doctors and psychologists and counsellors, etc., to help us. With all of that, yeah, sometimes in the middle of Jesus being the beginning and the end, we need to stop, we need to pray, we need to fast, yeah? We need to ask him as our father to come and do what we cannot do, yeah, yeah? to break through that wall. So I guess there are a couple of things that we need to understand what fasting is all about. And, and I've been saying it from the beginning that it goes hand in hand. Fasting and prayer goes hand in hand. Otherwise, it's just a diet. And in fact, when you're praying and fasting and you're doing it, when I say properly, I mean you're actually giving yourself time to pray and you've, you've worked that, that out. It actually has the ability to break it's all about me, to break that greedy, insatiable, inward-focused. You know, like I know no one here is ever inward-focused, but you know sometimes you ever get home, I get home sometimes, and Mel's doing stuff for the boys, and I hear the song playing in the background, what about me? You know, anyone else have that happen at home? You know, it isn't fair. I want some of those grapes and I want my share. Like, and like the boys are getting it all. And I'm like, can I have some? Sure, they're just over there. What about me? Help me. You know, we all have a tendency, yeah, if we're to be honest, to look and make life really comfortable for ourselves. But when we start fasting and praying, it actually has an uncanny ability to be able to take the eyes off ourselves because now we're focused on the Lord. And the Lord is not just focused on us. He's focused on everyone. He's focused on family, yeah? I guess in a season and age of undiscipline. That's what I would call millennials today. Yeah. So for those that are in that bracket, I'm sorry. Right? But fasting gives us a sense of self-discipline. Yeah. Because there's a lot of areas in life where people don't need to have will or self-discipline today. You know, a friend of mine um, recently got a job and uh, he does, I don't know, 24, 30 hours a week and he can do his hours any time of day. He doesn't even have to be disciplined about what time he wakes up. He can roll up at 1 o'clock and do his daily hours. He can roll up at 7 a.m. It's like, what's with that? Get up early. Go to... I would like you know, things to be reasonably settled. We're in an age where things are shifting and changing always. Fasting just has the ability to bring in a sense of self-discipline for us. Oswald Chambers, 
a great man of God, said that fasting means concentration because when you're fasting, you have a heightened sense of attentiveness. Your focus is on God rather than the things of the world which dull the senses. Oswald Chambers. So I figure that if now we're in this state of concentration because because of the fasting, we've got a heightened sense of attentiveness. What a perfect time to sit with God, yeah? yeah. Like seriously, if ever we're going to be in tune with God, it must be then. Marilyn Hickey actually says, she said, a spiritual fast involves our hearts and the way in which we relate and trust God. That's what a spiritual fast does. So when we are fasting and when we're praying and talking with God, it comes from our hearts. And the fact that we're fasting brings our hearts into the, into the picture more. We're not just praying because we have to pray. We're praying because we've actually disciplined ourselves because we're in the middle of a fast because we want to see breakthrough somewhere. So when fasting, we often we all need to ask the Holy Spirit to, to show us what to fast for. And often he'll do that. Like if you're in the middle of a fast, I'd, some of you may have testimonies here that have done this in the past, that you'll, you'll be in the middle of a fast and you'll get a picture, you'll have a dream. God will just present something to you. It might be through somebody else. But he gives you something and he brings it to your attention so that you can pray for it. It's, it's, it's uncanny. You're starting to fast. You're not even sure what you're going to pray for. You're thanking the church that they've given you some things that you can pray for. And all of a sudden, in the middle of your prayer, somehow, during the course of your day, he presents something to you and says, hey, you should be praying for this. I love it. I love it when he does that because it makes the praying even easier. But the reality of fasting too, and not far removed from that, it's also not unusual to have the enemy attack during your times of fasting. Yeah? You, you might get this awesome word from God, this brilliant revelation, and then you might find that you get sick or your relationship's struggling a little bit or things aren't right at work. The enemy wants to do everything he can to distract us from the fact that we are totally focused over these 21 days to pray and to fast. Yeah? So the enemy wants to rock our boat. You figure that that would be half true? Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers? So when that happens, we need to acknowledge that the enemy's at work and he's trying to distract us, but then we just focus on God even more, yeah? And we just steamroll that sucker because the enemy is already under our feet. We are the head, not the tail. The enemy's been defeated in Jesus' name. And if you're finding... You know, if you decide to move forward in this fast and you're finding that's happening to you, then be smart. Ask a couple of people you trust to pray with you and for you. That's what family's for. That's what we're for, yeah? I love this. Bill Bright from um, the Campus Crusaders for Christ said this about fasting. I believe, this is awesome, this is such a good quote. I would love to put it up somewhere in the church, just permanently. I believe the power of fasting as it relates to prayer is the spiritual atomic bomb that our Lord has given us to destroy the strongholds of evil and usher in a great revival and spiritual harvest around the world. A spiritual atomic bomb. Man, could you imagine having just part of that quote on the wall with a picture of a big mushroom cloud? People walking in thinking, what the heck is that? I thought it was church. Well, let me explain, you know? Like, I just think it's brilliant. A spiritual atomic bomb. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. And we've been sharing here the last couple of weeks. I think it was Chris when he was here with his wife, Stephanie. And he shared that we have. Oh, no, no, it was you, Roscoe. Sorry. 
That the enemy, we often are wearied by the enemy because we feel and sense at times of our lives the enemy's attack. But the truth is that we can weary the enemy, that he gets tired of us, particularly when we keep getting back up when he thinks he's knocked us down. He gets tired of us and in fact, he gets really scared of us when, we, when he knows that we're going to pray and we're going to fast because he knows that this spiritual atomic bomb is about to blow him to smithereens, yeah? So we've decided to fast. Make a schedule. Make it work for you. Don't make it a chore. Don't, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't decide to do a full fast where after a day you're going to be you know, itching at the bit to eat the jelly babies that you've left in your cupboard. Yeah, For those that have got sweet tooths. You know, oh, yes, I'm looking at you, Barry. You know. I'm not looking at my wife because she would be upset if I was looking at her about her chocolate habit. But... I should stop there because she has lots of evidence on me. Keep moving forward, Andrew. Don't, don't, don't stop there. Make a decision. You know, some of you may like to pray as soon as you get up. Some of you may like to pray in the middle of the day. Some of you may want to jump in your car and go for a drive or go for a walk. Just be intentional in whatever the fast you're doing. If you decide to do a Daniel fast and you're not going to have any meat or sweet breads or sugar, so more a vegetarian type, great, do that. But choose a time to pray. You may decide that, hey, from a health perspective, I can't. I actually can't physically fast food, but I love reading every day, so I'm going to give up that hour of reading. Then replace it with a time of prayer. Be intentional. Whatever you give up for the Lord, yeah, be intentional to replace it with some time with Him. Might be soaking with some music, with just some thoughts running through your head. Whatever it is, however it works for you, however you spend your personal time with Papa, do it. Be intentional. Make sure that you do it. Because the purpose of a spiritual fast is to get breakthrough. And it's to get breakthrough with whatever it is that we're praying for to the Lord in prayer. Yeah? No good fasting and not praying because you're not bringing the stuff to God so you won't see the breakthrough because you haven't even asked Him. Yeah? Know this. Even if it's your first time you've ever fasted, God wants you to succeed. Yeah? He wants you to succeed. And fasting can be hard. It can be really uncomfortable. For those of us that like our food, it can be really uncomfortable. I don't have a problem fasting breakfast and lunch. I, find, I actually find that, for me, really easy, maybe because I'm busy. But regardless of the time of day that I step through my front door, whether it's 3.30, 4.30, 6.30, doesn't, from the moment I walk in, it just, it talks to me. <laughs> Andrew. Andrew. And then, and then it's almost like I need, I, I need revelation because it's like, what talked to me? Was it the freshly baked lamingtons that are in the fridge? Was it the pavlova? Was it the lollies? Maybe it was a leftover chicken. And so there's only one way to find out. <laughs> you know, you go and try, no, that, oh, that didn't satisfy Oh, no, that didn't satisfy that. Oh, that's... Oh, only if I went there first, you know. So during a fast, it can be really hard because I'm telling you, that little whisper, Andrew, becomes Andrew. Like, it becomes really loud, like so loud. I almost see like they've got eyes and teeth and, and lips and the food's talking to me, eat me, you know. It's just... I, 
I know it's only me, it's the weird world that I live in, but a fast can be really hard. But I've learned one thing, that whether you're fasting tea or fasting coffee or whatever it might be, the one thing that will help in those tough times to help you ignore it, so to speak, and it's not simply just ignoring, it's to pray. It's to pray. When you hear that voice, pray. When you see what it is that's calling you, pray. Pray, 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 pray. Go into your room, lay down, pray, run outside, run screaming down the street. Do whatever you have to do to pray to get away from the distraction because the enemy wants to knock you off, Yeah, your train of thought and where you're heading, and God's just saying, wow, I'm about to get time with my son and daughter. We're about to break this thing for good, yeah? yeah. Now, prayer has the ability to strengthen our resolve and to refuel our power, you know? And that's why the enemy... Enemy tries to distract us. I've got a whole bunch of stuff. I don't want to take too much time. Part of Matthew 6 that we read before says, When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. There's only one secret to not looking sad when you're fasting. There is only one secret to not looking like you've just sucked on a whole bag of lemons when you're fasting. There is only one secret. That's to pray. That's to pray. And when you, when you pray, all of a sudden the joy of the Lord will be your strength. You won't have the countenance. It's like, what's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. It's all right for you. You're eating. I'm not. You know, like, that, does, that doesn't work. Yeah? He says, don't do that like the hypocrites. So when you're feeling like that, yeah, you could be on the first hour of your fast or on the 14th day of your fast. When you're feeling like that, pray. Pray. Get someone to pray with you. Get someone to lay hands on you. Pray. You know, find out what it is that you're, you're going to be fasting and make sure you've got the alternatives in place. Yeah? If it's a full fast, what liquids will you drink? Make a decision. I think, I think I'm going to attempt, at least at the beginning, a full fast. I'm not giving up coffee. <laughs> no matter what gets yelled out from the congregation, I will not get sucked into that like I did years ago. I'm not going there. Yeah? I'm going to still drink coffee. I will probably still drink orange juice. And I may have the odds, you know, um, uh, what's it called when all the fruit's together? And a smoothie, that's the word I'm looking for. I'll probably still have a smoothie. I'll still have those things. But I'll see how I go. Yeah? The important thing is, whatever you decide to fast... Don't make it such a law, and discipline's different to law. Don't make it such a law that you start to feel guilty when you break it. Yeah? Because inevitably, over 21 days, you may have a moment where you stumble. Yeah? I have stumbled during a fast before. I have I've submitted to that voice late at night when everyone's asleep and found the very thing that I wanted. Asparagus. Brussels sprouts, all those things during a fast look like chocolate. You know? And I'll, say, oh, I'll just have a little bit of that because I don't really like it. Wow, it tastes really good today. It's never tasted good before. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Supposedly, don't be so hard on yourself. If during the fast you find that 
you know, whatever you're deciding to fast, you've had a moment, you've had something to eat, you've gone back, read your book, you jump back on your Xbox, whatever it is, God's not a taskmaster that's going to whip you. This is a decision you're making from your heart. He's not forcing you to do this. This is something we're doing because we want to see breakthrough, yeah? So don't be so hard on yourself. But in it all, remember to pray. Remember to pray. Remember to pray. Um, I want to share this last bit. Um, I'm looking at the time. I just think it's really important. And the reason why you need to pray, you need to understand why we pray during a fast. So often, um, I think, who's ever had an unanswered prayer? Anyone prayed and it's gone unanswered, feels unanswered? Yeah. No? Okay. That's sad. For all of you that have got unanswered prayers, please see Ross later. We'll have a line. So I know I've prayed for things and not, things, not seen things come to pass. And I know that God can answer yes, he can answer no, he can answer not right now, later. But the truth be known, many of us have had prayers over the years that, that we feel, if we're to, to go back and think about it, that have gone unanswered, yeah? This is where some of this stuff's so strong, so, so strong. Because in Mark chapter 9, and this is the amplified version, so um, apologies if you don't have the amplified version uh, behind me. But verse 18 says, And whenever it lays hold of him so as to make him its own, it dashes him down and convulses him, and he foams at the mouth, and he grinds his teeth, and he falls into a motionless stupor, and he's wasting away. And I asked your disciples to drive it out, and they were not able to do it. Verse 29 of Mark 9, still the amplified version. And he replied to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. There are only certain... um, uh, translations of the Bible that have prayer and fasting. Yeah, the Amplified, the King James, New King James, and just a handful of others. I love the thought of this because here's a story of a boy who's possessed. The father brings him to his disciples and they pray for him and nothing happens. And they're freaking out. Why? We've been with Jesus. He's shown us what to do. We're praying and this kid, he's still possessed. He's still delivered our prayers aren't being answered. I reckon Peter would have gone first because he was the big fisherman. Then John would have said, let me have a shot. I'm the one Jesus loves the most. Obviously, my prayer is going to work. Then I reckon Luke jumped on board and said, you guys are both hopeless. I'm the physician. I'm the doctor. Let me pray because I know exactly how to deal with these things. You know, I reckon they would have been clamoring over themselves to try to pray for this boy, yet nothing worked and eventually they recognized defeat. And so with their tails between their legs... You know, they go to Jesus and, and, and as they go to Jesus, they, as they bring the son to Jesus, Jesus heals and delivers him straight away and then he teaches. And it's this beautiful passage of scripture that says, you know, this is only going to work when you're fasting and praying. This is only going to work when you're praying and fasting. This isn't just going to work when you go up and lay hands and pray. You've got to fast about this. You have to be committed to this. What he's saying is you need to make it, you need breakthrough in this area. So what you need to do, you need to remove something that's visible and tangible and let it go and grab hold of the spiritual. You need to pray and fast into this. And that passage of scripture I love because it opens my eyes, I think, and it brings relief and it reminds me, and I hope it reminds you that we're not alone. When there's things that we have to pray for, yet we're not seeing victory, we're not alone. We've actually got a God and a, the Son of God that we're being reminded if we go to Him, yeah, if we take it to Him, He wants us to succeed. And if we take it to Him, He'll give us the tools to work through and to see the breakthrough. Yeah, God always wants us to succeed, even in areas where we haven't had answers to prayers. 
You know, Psalm 141, verses 1 and 2, says that our prayers are an incense to God. Yeah? I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. This is, it's a brilliant thought because our, our prayers are set before him like incense. Now, if we go to the Old Testament in Exodus 30, if we go to Exodus 30, it talks about the altar of incense. We know the children of Israel built the altar the way God wanted them to build and the way that he instructed them. And he places this altar in front of the curtain, which is in front of his presence. Yeah? And he does this. And then they go about doing something. They go about sacrificing. They go about sacrificing all sorts of animals. The issue with all of this sacrificing and all of this stuff that's going on is the priests actually aren't allowed to go behind the curtain to where the presence of God is until they burn some incense. And the incense is a sweet perfume. And one of the reasons for this sweet perfume, and, and it was a, a, a recipe, ingredients given by God, this incense, because it had a particular smell that it would allow the priests to, to continue to minister and to go where they needed to go. If you could imagine killing hundreds, yeah, hundreds, hundreds of cattle and all sorts of stuff, slicing throats and blood splashing, and oh, this is the R-rated version for the kids especially. Um, you know, they're sacrificing animals because that's what God wanted. So there's carcasses laid out everywhere. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of carcasses don't just disappear. But God gives them this thing called incense and he says, you burn this, yeah? And it's really sweet. And it was so strong that it would start to mask the smell of the mess. It would start to mask the smell of all of that death and stuff and heartache, yeah? And it allowed the priests to keep ministering. And then we get told that our prayers are like incense. You know, when stuff's really messy in our lives, when stuff's not going right, when there's stuff that we have to break through, where we feel like there's dead death in our life, yeah, that's a tough word. Now, often I think people will say, it just feels like we're in one of those seasons. The one thing that will keep you standing, the one thing that will help you to keep ministering is the incense. We don't have to burn incense with the ingredients he's given us because we're told over and over in Scripture that our prayers are an incense to him. So when there's stuff in our life that just won't go away, or your relationship, it's just it's so struggling, or work's not right, or finances are killing you, in your time of fasting, start to pray. Start to pray because that's the sweet aroma that covers up all the mess, that allows you to keep standing, that allows you to keep going. If you read through all of Exodus, even when they burnt the incense, all the carcasses were still there. The reality of the death and the sacrifices they were making was still there. It didn't change what was there. When we pray, it's not going to make things, it's not going to put $100,000 in your bank account. Yeah. It's not going to change the circumstance that you find yourself in. But all of a sudden, that sweet aroma gives you the ability to go on. That sweet aroma allows you to stand and minister with the Lord. 
That sweet aroma says, hey, a little bit like we, the story of David a couple of weeks ago when his wives and his children were stolen. He didn't say to God, fix that. He just said, what's my next step? That sweet aroma allows us to stand in the presence of God in the midst of our mess, looking for that breakthrough, looking for that victory. And it just gives us the strength to go on. Yeah, We're praying and we're fasting this year because sometimes things are a mess. and We want to see a breakthrough. And I think each and every one of us deserves a breakthrough. I think our church deserves a breakthrough. Mount Clear has a history over its 160 years almost now of this. If you have a look at its history financially in numbers, bums on seats in our church, it's like this, like forever. Goes up, comes down, goes up, comes down. And it'd be awesome if it was a roller coaster when I was a kid. That would be great. I would love that. But unfortunately, I'm not a kid. It's not a roller coaster. So I would prefer something reasonably steady, you know? And I figure if I'm being transformed into the image of Jesus with ever increasing glory, I figure that I'm happy with steady going up like that, yeah? So we're going to pray and we're going to fast. And the stuff that's tough in our lives, it may still be there, but we're going to burn a sweet incense, a sweet aroma. The stuff that's yucky, it's going to give us the ability to stand. And during that fast, not just at the end of our, our, our fast, as we have breakthrough, we need to share that testimony. Yeah, At the end of the fast, it could be weeks later, something breaks, something shifts. We're going to share that. We're going to build a level and platform for testimony that every time we hear something, our level of faith goes to the next level. And then we're going to hear something else and our level of faith is going to go to the next level. We need to believe that God can do immeasurably more than what we can ask, think or imagine. Amen? Let's not be satisfied with the status quo. So consider fasting, will we? Why don't we stand? If you want to fast, stand. No, I'm joking. (laughs) That would be terrible. If you want to fast, remain seated. Let me share it like this really quickly. We can't bring back the loved one we may have lost. We may not be seeing healing and breakthrough. You know, in the family member who's sick, stuff's still happening yet as I pray. It may not change those things, but it sweetens my spirit. It helps me to bear the unbearable, yeah? It helps me to stand. It helps me to keep going. My prayer, the incense will rise. It will sweeten the atmosphere. It will sweeten my heart. And it will actually change in this year of seeing how I see things, yeah? How I see things. The messier the thing, the stinkier the problem gets, get the incense out. Get the prayer out. Send up those prayers. Get the sweet aroma of the incense rising. Pray and send up to God that sweet aroma, the perfume from the censer, from the bowl of our prayers, the bowl of our incense, amen? Because it'll change what we see. He says in Ecclesiastes that he makes everything beautiful in its time. Let's believe for that, amen? He makes everything beautiful in its time. Father, we thank you for the season that that we're walking into. Father, I thank you that for many here, they're hearing about fasting for the first time. But I pray, God, that each and every individual that's here today, that's listening through the podcast, Father, I pray that they would prayerfully consider moving into that 21-day fast. 
Father God, I pray that you would bring to the forefront of our minds during the fast and before the fast things that you know that you want us to deal with. Lord, areas where there's blockages that we might see breakthrough, that we may see victory in our families, victory in our schools, victory in our city, victory in our churches, victory in our finances, victory in our health, God, that we would see those things. Father, we thank you that we even sang today that your promises are yes and amen that you have never failed, that you have never broken a single promise. And Father, we're holding on to the truth that you make all things and everything beautiful in its time. Even tragedy, even loss, God, you make beautiful in its time. So we thank you for the season that Mount Clear Church of Christ is moving into. We thank you for the challenge of our hearts as you make us and transform us more into the image of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we long to be more like you. So bless us in this season. Bless us while we walk and talk and move on this adventure, because it is an adventure with you, God. Father, that we might give you all the glory and all the praise. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. If you want to know more,